Welcome to Let's Get to Work, a podcast with stories of hope and inspiration for people experiencing blindness and vision loss, as well as those wanting to support us. Brought to you by the Employment Committee of the American Council of the Blind, a place where we talk about all things employment, finding jobs, holding jobs, building careers, and challenging stigmas. Each month will consist of two visually impaired people who have chosen to travel down unique career paths. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get to work. Welcome to the Employment Committee of the American Council of the Blinds podcast. Let's get to work. This week's or this month's guest is Rose Burrell, the Talent Acquisition Coordinator of of Beyond Vision in Wisconsin. Welcome, Rose. Hi, it's great to be here. So, Rose, talk about your sort of employment trajectory. How did you become to get that position that you currently inhabit, as it were? So yeah, I've been a talent acquisition coordinator for Beyond Vision for just a little over a year now. And um, I found out about the position through a friend of mine that I now work with. Uh, her name is Jennifer Wenzel. And uh, she had this position before. So uh, when she took a promotion to become the HR generalist, she was, it was still up to her to fill her role. So um, she thought of me and reached out and... So I went through the interview process and, well, obviously I'm here today, so it went really well. <laughs> so what did she think of you? What, what's your, what, what in your prior background made you qualify for this position? So Jennifer knew me back when I was in training. Um, I went to a training center called Blind Incorporated up in Minnesota. Um, and we became good friends after that. Um, and I guess I've never asked her specifically why she thought of me. Um, I don't have a specific background in talent acquisition, so but they kind of created an opportunity for this role to be entry level for somebody that doesn't necessarily have all the experience and that could learn, especially with Jennifer still being there and then my current supervisor having done talent acquisition already. So it was a really great learning opportunity. Um, and because my undergraduate degree is is actually in uh, food systems, organic and local agriculture. Oh, okay. So what is a talent acquisition coordinator? What does a talent acquisition coordinator do? So it's a, a fancy name basically for a recruiter, but um, I, I'm basically coordinating all the recruitment efforts for the company or organization. Okay. And so what does that entail? So I see all of the candidates that come in for the various jobs you know i'm in charge of posting them making sure they get out to our various uh how do i say various recruiting sources right correct yes okay so you know we post on indeed but also um you know when we're specifically looking for somebody who is blind or visually impaired um since that's kind of our mission uh you know we have uh those different sources are specifically facing that kind of keep that community. Okay. So talk about beyond vision. What is beyond vision? What's the organization? Yeah. So uh, as I said, we're, we're a nonprofit whose mission is to empower people who are blind or visually impaired through the dignity of work. So we basically an employer, we run as a regular business, um, and we have a few different sectors of business that we run. 
we have manufacturing operations here in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Uh, we have commercial as well as government assembly and packaging. We also run a machine shop. Um, we also have, we call it our contact center because it's a, uh, it's a call center, but we take on uh work from other companies who maybe need a little assistance with their calls and anyway, they have too much of a call load. So they'll hire us to take over those overflow calls. And um, as well as we run military base supply centers on military bases around the country. Okay. So what kinds of jobs are currently available at Beyond Vision right now? So currently, uh, so we ha always have openings, you know, coming up, um, but right now we have a customer care specialist position, two openings in Western Illinois, uh, right across the border from St. Louis, Missouri. And so those are on one of those military bases I was talking about. Um, it's an Air Force base. Uh, so you, the, in this role, people would be serving the men and women who serve on that base. Um, as well as here at our headquarters, uh, we have, we're looking for like a shipping receiving person, a clerk, shipping receiving clerk, as well as a maintenance technician. Okay. So if I were sort of interested in any of those positions, what would I do to get the recruitment process started? So we have our careers page, beyondvision.com slash careers, and all of our open positions are posted there and when you click the link to a job that sounds interesting you'd be brought to a page that has the full description you know the uh the pay as well as an application where you can directly apply so the application presumably is online yep okay otherwise if there's not a job that's currently available of interest uh, people can always email jobs at beyondvision.com with their cover letter and resume and, and I can file that away and uh, take notes for future opportunities. So if I apply for a, let, let's do the customer care position, because that's something I know a little bit about. Sure. Um, I applied for the position. Let's talk about the application. What kind of information do you do you ask for and all that good stuff on the online application? So um, a lot of it's voluntary. So mainly the only things that are really required are your name, your email, phone number, and a resume. Um, and then the rest is voluntary, you know, about like veteran status, disability status, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and is, is it the kind of form where they, you ask, uh, some of these forms that require a, a self-assessment of your skill set? Is, is that all? Nope. Not in your nope, that, nope, not in this one. Okay. If you apply through Indeed, um, I think they do sorts of things like that. Yeah, I, th I think they do too. I think you're right. Okay, so let's let's assume. Uh, by the way, just for the purpose of this conversation, I, um, uh, are are these jobs virtual, or do you have to move to uh, Wisconsin to to do them, or Illinois, as the case may be? Yeah, so the, we do have virtual positions. We don't have any open right now, okay. but we know that they're really popular. So our only position that can be fully remote is the contact center agent, and okay. that position is always. Uh, kept open on our careers page so that people can apply and be added to the queue to go ahead and get the interview process started for when openings do come up. Because since we're contract-based in our contact center, uh, then positions can open up pretty suddenly. 
So if I if I wanted to apply for a job and was willing to to, re, to relocate, uh, do you guys cover any moving expenses or anything like that? Yeah, so we have a uh, a great relocation assistance package. I actually utilized it myself. Um, I was in Minnesota for several years, as I said, doing school, but I'm originally from Indiana where I moved back to after school. So relocated here to Wisconsin from that, from there. And uh, the way that it works is during the interview process, um, you know, you have a, a few beginning interviews, but then during the final interview, we will pay for you to come out and actually visit the site. Uh, you will have some time to meet the team, visit the job site, but as well as visit the surrounding area, you know, that you'd be moving to. So mm -hmm. we want you to make sure it's a good fit um, as well as that. Uh, once you get offered the position and would accept the position, then we would pay for you to stay in a uh, an extended stay hotel for 30 days. So you can relocate, start your new position, as well as be in the area to look for your new home, whether that be apartment or house, uh, you know, whatever you're looking for. And then once you find your new home, we help pay for uh, relo relocating all of your things as well. Terrific. So let's go back to the interview process. Mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, I apply for the position, something about my application intrigues you. What happens next? And then you get a call from me out of the blue um, or an email if, uh, if you're too busy to answer my call. And then I would just do a quick phone screen. Um, and then depending on the position, there might be some uh, paperwork required. Uh, just like, for example, uh, working on a military base, you need to go through a background check. Mm -hmm. And then once the phone screen's done, the paperwork's done, then you go through the first interview with the hiring manager. And then there could potentially be a second interview. Both of these would be virtual mm -hmm. with uh, you know, a group of other people. And then that third interview in person. Um, and then reference checks. And then the offer letter. So what, what are you looking for? Uh, I know that each job is different, but in general terms, what are you looking for uh, when you interview people? What what kinds of things should people be prepared for during the interview process? Well, computer skills are always a must um, for anybody. And uh, that's always something that I ask about. Um, as well as, you know, we're looking for the kind of people that are open-minded, you know, willing to learn and grow into their new role. Um, we're open-minded as well to people with, you know, transferable skills. And so we really look for that as well as, you know, an eagerness to be part of a team. Uh, we're a medium-sized nonprofit, I guess I would say. But so sometimes our teams are small and we all have to chip in to, to help where things are needed. Uh, for example, we just moved into a new facility here in West Dallas. We renovated an old Sam's Club. No. And it was a real big transition. So there was a lot going on. Um, I was part of a team to help others kind of uh, get used to the new building. It's much bigger than our old buildings. So I was part of that team, as well as we have a new fitness center. And I kind of ended up in charge of that since I guess I work out a lot. So <laughs> I help with making sure that um, the accessibility features we have in there are up to date and still accessible, as well as I give orientations. And so that's not necessarily directly related to talent acquisition, but um, but I chip in and help with that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. 
Sure. So give me your best pitch about why people should want to work for Beyond Vision. You've talked about the moving expenses. You've talked about, in general terms, about the culture. But why would I want to work for you and not a competing organization? So I haven't worked for any of the competing organizations. So I can't necessarily say how we're better or worse. I understand. But but what, but, you know, what, yeah, what, but, what does your organization, you know, why, you know, talk about what you like about your organization? Absolutely. And and I'll just talk kind of from my personal experience, because before I got this position, I did actually have a job for a, a education tutoring online company, and it was remote, um, but it wasn't very accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they tried to work with me, but I ended up having to have two computers, both a Mac and a Windows, and I had to do some stuff on one computer and some stuff on the other computer because some of their systems only worked on the Mac. and I know the feeling, yeah, okay. So, And then even despite that, there were some things that just still didn't work. And so I was pulling my hair out every day um, about it. And uh, that was my real, my first real job outside of college. I had some internships, but that was my first real experience. And I had been told, you know, the whole time, it's difficult for people with visual impairments to get jobs. And I was like, yeah, but I'm really smart, so it'll be fine. <laughs> but it doesn't matter how smart you are. You know, that was naive me talking. Uh, it, you know, there's there's barriers other than anything that could have prepared me for that. Yeah, yeah. And so this opportunity came up and I I was, it was in a perfect timing. For me to be like, I, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I don't want to go through the job search again because that's miserable too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just worked out really well. It's I'm not saying that Beyond, Beyond Vision has to be like the end location for everyone. But just being here, I've learned so much. You know, working in an actual office with other people, especially other professionals who are blind or visually impaired because... I know a lot of things, at least I thought I did, but I've learned so much already just from my peers and working alongside them, uh, just things that I'd never even thought to know before, you know, about utilizing JAWS, um, but also just utilizing Excel in all sorts of various ways and um, how to problem solve better when I'm stuck on a particularly difficult web page. Um, even just how to, you know, interact with the outside community and other coworkers, and so it's been it's been a really great place to learn and grow at. If if things went well for the next uh, uh, for you at Beyond Vision, where do you think you might be in a year and a half or two years? Well, I or where would you I'm like act- to be? Let's 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 put it that way. Yeah, I. So that's kind of an interesting question because um, I actually went back to school to get my MBA uh, and and Beyond Vision has tuition reimbursement assistance. So they're helping me through school um, because as I said before, my undergraduate degrees in food systems, mm-hmm. which I did really enjoy learning, um, but I, I realized a little late that I wasn't necessarily as interested in the food part as much as I was in the systems part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the administration, coordination, um, the business aspect. So that's why I wanted to go back to school and Beyond Vision is supporting me through that. Um, so in the next year and a half, 
I'll probably still be here. <laughs> you know, they'll they'll still be supporting me, but um, it could be in this role. It could be in another role. I am looking into getting my project management uh, certification, mm -hmm. and so maybe that would be a place I could grow into. Uh, would be a project management role. I I would imagine that uh, there there is a need for uh, uh, project managers to be on vision, right? With with all the various work you guys do. Yeah, I got the idea actually because we I helped hire one. So Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> well, there there you go. There you go. So, um you mentioned the fit the, the fitness center. Talk mm -hmm. a bit about that. You know, I, I assume that's a that's a that's a benefit, right, for people. Um how accessible is that particular center? I mean, how does how is it different from your typical fitness center? Yeah, I mean, the reason that we incorporated it into our new building was because as you may probably know, most gyms aren't very accessible anymore. You know, they're going more towards touch screens or flat buttons. Um, so we got physical therapy grade, medical grade equipment, and those have to be accessible. So they, they still have touch screens, but they also have tactile buttons mm -hmm. and they don't talk or anything, but we've utilized the pen friend. You, oh. Are you familiar with yes, the pen I am. friend? Yep, 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 yeah, yep. so we utilize the pen friend to, you know, give a description of the layout of the room. We have stickers all over the machines to describe, like, how the physical machine is, you know, on the recumbent bike. How do you move the chair up and down, lean back, you know, as well as what the layout of the panel is, what all the buttons do. And then different uh, sections or, or stickers for uh, how to use different programs you know, the Hills program, that sort of thing. And uh, we also have a QR code that people can scan that will take them to a website with all the same information. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. As as well as we give orientations to everybody, uh, sighted or not sighted. Uh, everyone has to go through an orientation with me before they are allowed to utilize the, the room and sign a waiver as well. So... If I were uh, to get a job uh, again, I'm going to use the customer service thing as a as a sort of job because it's something I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, I would get hired. Talk about how the first ninety days would look uh, on on site. What what kinds of experiences would I go through? So it did, it would depend on which location you are in. Um, you know, if you were working at one of our military base supply centers. Um, or here in our headquarters, um, if you're relocating, then those first, you know, 30 days, you'd be in an extended stay hotel and, um, but still coming to work every day. And, and uh, I mean, it would depend on which uh, position as well, but there would obviously be a kind of a training period, especially for like our call center work. Mm -hmm. um, they do a lot of uh, like script training there to begin with, especially um and then you know getting used to the particular uh, computer systems we use um like for the customer's care specialist position you were talking about uh you're going to be writing up quotes and that's a system you kind of have to get used to you know what information to put where to get it from mm -hmm. uh, how to fill it in correctly that sort of thing so you talked about your manufacturing uh component talk a little about that how do you make that component uh accessible to, to blind absolutely so we have engineers on staff that they're a huge part of their job is to help make all positions accessible um you know we we make different fixtures that uh 
make it so you can do the same thing every time the exact same way. Uh, it's a system called Pokioke, I think, if I'm pronouncing that right. It's a Japanese theory about basically making every process, no matter who you are or who's doing it, there's no way to not do it exactly the same way every time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and we also obviously have a training period as well to get people accustomed to each one. But I've actually done um, some immersion days back there. So I actually worked back there in all three different sections. Um, and it's, it's pretty fascinating about how, how they make each individual job accessible. So talk about those immersion days. What was that like? Give me an example of the kind of thing kinds of thing you did during that during your immersion days back there. Sure, sure. So for the very first one I did was in the machine shop. So you're around these huge machines and I can't recall what the machine was called that I used, but basically you have this big metal bar that's loaded in the machine and you have this big door that opens up. You reach in, you grab the bar, you pull it over to the right, it hits a metal plate. You press a pedal with your foot, it clamps it into that place. You close the door, press a button, and then it cuts a ring off that's like, maybe you could slip it over your thumb, it's just a metal ring, so now it's got a hole through it. And you grab that out of the machine, and then you have to uh, clean it up. So you're basically, um, you know, boring into it with this other machine and then sanding it to make it perfectly smooth. And then you line it up. They actually have this really neat, very simple board that actually one of the employees came up with. It's a, it's just a, a big board that's made of wood, but it has slots in it. So you can put one of these little rings in the slot and you can only fit 10 of them in a row and then you have to go to the next column and then there's uh 10 of those rows so then by time you have 10 in each row you have 100 because each package has to have 100 of those rings in it instead of trying to keep track of how many of it yeah you can count to 100 right i would imagine that uh, that's hard for me you, you know I, I, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so um uh and the, and the purpose of these rings is for what? Why, why are you making these rings? What do these rings do? I don't know exactly. Okay. What, but we do, so we do uh, small pieces like that for mm -hmm. all sorts of companies. Caterpillar, Oshkosh Truck, Harley Davidson. So they're like a small part of something, some bigger machine. Okay. So talk about, that was one day you were, that, talk about the other experiences you had in the, in the manufacturing realm. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, during in the commercial assembly and packaging um there are these this company called schaefer brush and we make their the way it was described to me was basically like cleaning equipment for chimneys mm -hmm. and so you just have to put the ends on stick them in this machine in a very specific angle with a, a certain amount of pressure it took a little while for me to get the hang of it but then it basically seals that little piece onto this fiberglass stick and you do that on both ends and then you just stack them up and then later on you package them into a bag i think six in a bag you seal that up with uh, a uh this cool machine that like melts the plastic and so you like press this thing down it 
and then it beeps when it's done. And so you just open it up and it's all sealed. Cool. And then you throw that into this long box. And once you get six of those bags in there, you seal that up. Uh, and then I also, in government products, may help to make sit-stand desks. Are you familiar with sit-stand desks? I am. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we make those for the government. Um, and so we have to, we get the disassembled parts and we got to put it all together. Uh, so you got to put the base onto the top and the keyboard a shelf <laughs> attached to it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just a lot of uh, uh, work with a drill gun, but there's a specific fixture that you slide the top into and then you slide the base on top of it so that the holes are perfectly aligned with the, the holes that are drilled into the metal and then into the top of the table. So you don't have to fiddle around as much to find where the screw goes in. And, and there, there, there is technology or a, a system in place that makes it more easy for, for blind folks to do this kind of stuff? Yeah, like I was saying, so that fixture, it kind sure. of... Uh, uh, and, and when I was talking about the, um, the fiberglass rod and putting those ends on it, they have kind of a... It's almost like a half of a cone to make... To kind of funnel your way to the the hole where it needs to go into specifically so you you know your hands aren't getting in there and um it's easier to find that sort of thing mm -hmm. so it's a you know it's a lot of simple solutions though we're doing kind of complex um you know manufacturing uh sometimes the best solutions are simple solutions yeah i was just gonna yeah sometimes low tech is the best way to go right yeah exactly yeah so when you went through all those, you know, uh, immersion experiences, how did that change the way you you thought about uh, the work that Beyond Vision does or, or your role in it? I always thought that it was pretty neat, but working back there was was a really great experience. You know, with, with like with the machine shop, I didn't know what those pieces maybe necessarily did, but I know that they're you know, it's a, it's a paying customer, you know, I'm doing, I was doing actual work for, for a real company, you know, I'm not, I'm not just, uh, just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert in manufacturing at all. Uh, sure. How noisy are these places? I mean, can you carry on a conversation with your person you're working with or do you have to use oh, yeah. headphones or whatever? No, no, it's not no. too bad. Okay. Um, yeah, it can be a little overwhelming at first. I was a little intimidated um, because it's, you know, louder than the office for sure. But it's it's really not so bad. And um, especially in our new building, it's much wider, more open. So it's less cramped. And uh, so the noises aren't as, uh, as encompassing. Yeah. yeah. And they, they disperse better somehow. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um Again, I, I want to sort of go back, circle back to where we started from. So, um, talk about uh, what if folks want to uh, look look at your uh, open positions. They go to beyondvision.com/slash careers. Careers, okay, and they complete an application. And you you talked about the importance of people having good tech skills. Can mm -hmm. you say more about that? What does that look like to you? And how do you assess that during an interview? We know we always talk about people's computer use and 
where they are, what systems they use, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we have to utilize JAWS um, for those with screen readers. Um, and a lot of people rely on NVDA as it's free, which is fantastic. But unfortunately, um, we have to use JAWS because NVDA is open source. And um, so people, you know, we know people have great skills with NVDA, but um, we just need to make sure that they could transition to JAWS, which a lot of people can uh, perfectly fine. But to assess that, we have uh, just a simple tech assessment. And it just asks about um, some key commands and then it has some task-oriented things um, just to, to see where people are at. And uh, so there's, there, there, there is not some kind of a uh, online uh, tech test that people have to take. It's, it's all done as I understand what you're saying through an, through the interview process. Yeah. So it's just done with me. Okay. Um, like I said, we're not looking to pass or fail somebody. Right. So we, we want it to be a, a really human experience where uh, with those indeed tests, I've taken them before when I was job searching, they mm -hmm. kind of, um, unfortunate you know the the some of the questions they ask like it's like well if i just could talk to somebody about this this would be different yeah um, but the challenge is you don't want to you you, you want to be sure that people actually have the skills they say they have right so right you sort of find the balance between you know what, what you know what you're talking about yeah we're not we're not trying to be here to set people up for failure mm -hmm. um and so during the tech assessment you know we we not only look at the end score but also people's problem solving skills while they're there while they're doing it so um in the last uh, my last question for you is give us a uh, a brief summary about why people should work for beyond vision yeah so from what i said about my personal experience um, you know, it's a it's a really great place to learn and grow, but as well as we have really great uh, a really great culture and really great benefits. I, I talked a little bit about the tuition reimbursement, uh, which which has been a lifesaver for me. <laughs> but as well as we have you know PTO accrual employee assistance programs. Um, if you work here in our headquarters, you get uh, health and dental vision. Uh, and uh, retirement program through the state. If you work at, at our other locations, you still have those available just through a third party. We have uh, what's called a 403B, which mm -hmm. is like a 401k, but for nonprofits. Right. Um, so we have excellent benefits and a great culture and a great place to learn and grow. And just for uh, my interest, PTO stands for? Paid time off. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, that's great. Okay, well- Thank you so much for joining us, Rose. I really appreciate the time you spent. We wish you well in your future endeavors, and uh, we look we look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Let's Get to Work, a podcast from the Employment Committee at the American Council of the Blind. Have questions, episode ideas, or feedback? Feel free to email Brooke Jostet, the committee chair, at B-R-O-O-K-E underscore J-O-S-T-A-D at Comcast.net. Until next time, work it.